0: So on the one hand, you have to provide value, but on the other hand, you also need to work with a team that appreciates value, which is not always the case.
1: Hey, I'm Rudy Dogum, and this is Wholesome Crypto. Here I speak with crypto experts, influencers, and entrepreneurs to find out what personally led them to the path of cryptocurrency. Here I speak with Robin Evers, serial entrepreneur, design aficionado, and startup lover. He spent over a decade in tech before turning crypto product evangelist and is now the CPO of Polkestarter. Welcome Robin. How's it going? Thank you for coming on the Wholesome Crypto Podcast. It's been a long time since we've chatted. I know we've been friends for quite a while, but I'm glad to have you on the show and get to learn a little bit more about you. Pleasure
0: to be here, man. Happy to talk to you. Always happy to talk to you for a while. (laughs) I know. I'm happy to be here.
1: Thanks. I mean, yeah, it's always great to talk to you too. Uh, I know you're in Dubai now, but you know, just to get into like how you got there and your whole history, I know you've been in a part of a lot of different projects and you've come a long way in the crypto industry. We've been talking to each other since 2017, 16, even earlier, yeah,
0: something like that, something like that, Jeez. I think. We, yes, I think so. Okay.
1: So for those of you, of you odd that odd. don't know, <laughs> me and Robin have been, we first met on the Reddit's Telegram crypto channel for Ethereum. Is that? Right?
0: That's true. ETH Traders or something like that. ETH
1: trader, And there's like only wow a couple hundred people maybe a, maybe even a thousand people talking on this channel and telegram was just just starting out too and it was like us just being the most active users on there just chatting away and just chilling ethereum as much as we can if <laughs> <laughs> but it was a great time and then yeah i mean even then i barely knew you so like at that point where were you in life and what were you doing i mean i was just new into crypto too and so were you so i able yeah. to learn how how's going for you sure
0: um i love to talk about this because as almost everybody uh, that enters crypto uh, everybody has like super high expectations and it's like super excited and uh everybody does a lot of mistakes right uh makes a lot of mistakes so uh in my case i actually got into crypto um so i'm i'm from europe right i'm originally german and I say originally i'm still german but i i fled germany a long time ago i don't feel like i belong to any any country these days right but um so i at some point i moved to malta uh, in europe like small island just underneath italy and um, i had like two friends uh, pete and martin it's like two two crazy guys that i work with and uh, together between the three of us we discovered bitcoin in 2013 in late 2013 Uh, the price then was about uh, 200 dollars per bitcoin and about like $1.50 one dollar fifty or two dollar per Litecoin. Wow. I I mentioned those two because it's like it's like I love talking about this because it, it to me it's like it was yesterday. But so much has happened in that time, right? But at that time when you went like to Coin Market Cap, I don't even know if Coin was a thing back then, but I don't think so. Uh, when you went to Coin Market Cap, it had like ten or twelve coins or something like that, like some crazy, crazy. small amount. And uh, yeah, we decided, you know, we can gamble a little bit. So we each took uh, about 500 euros back then, uh, which is, I don't know, like about 600 dollars or so, approximately. And uh, yeah, we decided that we're going to buy some Bitcoin. But then the issue was that at the time, you just uh, you just couldn't buy it. There was just no way yep. to buy it, right? So um, we were researching this for like a week or two. And while we were researching this, so mind you, if you look... If you look at the Bitcoin chart for late two thousand and thirteen, you see that there was uh, like one of the one of the first like uh, yeah like major bull runs, right? So uh, Bitcoin went from about uh, two hundred dollars upwards, right? And we we literally got uh, got to see Bitcoin uh, be at like two hundred dollar and think, wow, uh, that sounds like an interesting technology. And it's kind of expensive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. At the time, I really <laughs> thought so. I was like, "Wow, man, this this stuff was a couple dollars not that long ago, right?" And now it's like two hundred dollars, but you know, five hundred bucks or like six hundred dollars. So. it's not it's not the world, right? Like, if yeah. you have a full time job, it's not it's not that big. Um, so at that time, I was like, uh, I was a web developer, I was working side. So yeah, that was like you know rather you know dispensable income at then and. Um, then uh, after two weeks of like well, a week and a half or so, of like really looking where, we, where can we buy it, um, we just equally saw Bitcoin just go up, you know, like all oh, the time. So it went like to 250, 300, 400. You waited. And we couldn't buy it, man. It's not like today, you know. So all the options there uh, then were bad, right? So yep. um, at that time, there, were like, there was one big exchange, which is infamously known, uh, Mount Gox. Uh, uh, which wasn't, which at that point was still very much operating, right? And um, we didn't want to go there. I don't remember why. It's not like they had a bad reputation; they had a very good reputation at the time, right? So I don't remember. I think it was fee related, something like that. Um, and then there was an alternative, which was super shady. Uh, so that was like BTC minus E dot com. So, oh,
1: I remember them yeah yeah of course man they
0: <laughs> they now got busted in retrospect for actually laundering much of the money that uh, was stolen from mount gox right so they actually they faced trial if they haven't gotten to jail yet they were at some point the the guy behind it was captured and that yeah, was a whole story but, Jeez. um these back then allowed to uh, allowed to fund uh, a ukrainian bank account via <laughs> uh, swift transfer, which was a nightmare because they're super expensive. Uh, So we did that went to the bank. And you can imagine if you like go to the bank, you know, like, uh, try to say you want to make a transfer. They ask you why would you make a transfer and it was just just (laughs) $1,500 like less than $2,000 less than $2,000 together. It was like 1500 euros.
1: Let me just move my money, please. yeah, Yeah,
0: exactly. And they're like asking all those questions. And if I'm sure, if I want to send money to the Ukraine, it's dangerous, blah, 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 right? So we paid all those fees. They gave us like a quote for the fees that they will take. But because of the SWIFT transfer, there will also be um, a, a, like a fee on the receiver's end, which will also be deducted from the money that we're sending. No. So that took another week or like 10 days easily, right? So in total, we're now talking about like three to four weeks. From Bitcoin, uh, like $200 on us making the decision of actually buying some to then the money actually arriving, which was at about like $650, if I remember correctly. So it tripled in price. And then our money arrived, uh, but only about 80% because the rest was just deducted in fees. Thanks, banks. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but then we finally managed to buy it, right? So uh, we each bought like, I don't know, like $400 or so worth of Bitcoin. Then. And um that wasn't even a full Bitcoin at that time anymore, right? No. So we were really frustrated at this point. Um, and then, yeah, we saw Bitcoin go up to about like eleven hundred dollars or so, and we thought we were, you know, freaking geniuses, right? And then naturally, the cycle was over, and it dumped really hard. Like yeah. it was one of these days where it doesn't happen today anymore, where Bitcoin goes from uh, goes down like you know thirty percent or so in a day. This just doesn't happen anymore, right? But Back then, that wasn't uh, that wasn't uncommon, right? There wasn't a lot of value, uh, a lot of volume. So yeah. Um, and then actually, what happened is that one of those friends um, told me that he wants to get out, and if I want to buy it, and so I did. So I bought his uh, share of Bitcoin for about the same that, that we paid for it. Good. And I mean,
1: um, now res- yeah, it retrospectively, it's good.
0: That was good. <laughs> uh so that that was my first interaction with crypto and then yeah the market was over and i was trying to like get into trading but the fees were like crazy high much higher than they are today um and there were not that many assets to trade so back then there was like feather coin and name coin and
1: red coin you know
0: like yeah exactly like <laughs> these type of coins right and i was, try- I was trying to be smart and this is something that i see with everybody in crypto now they're all like trying to like trade and be like the the master trader of the century like trying to outsmart everybody you know that kind of works when you're in a bull market because anything you buy will eventually pump but um it doesn't work when the cycle just ended right so uh, i lost some money there probably about like 50 percent or so of what, yeah. I, what i held at the time um and that was it for my crypto at the time right so in the end i got stuck in at least litecoin and not like namecoin or feathercoin or something like that um and yeah that was it for a couple of years and then that was roughly at the time um, when I met you as well. Uh, a friend of mine, a very good friend of mine, asked me if I've ever heard about Ethereum. And Ethereum never, right? Because yeah. it didn't exist uh, then. And uh, he told me, yeah, it's this, uh, it's this like uh, coin, uh, similar to Bitcoin, but more complicated. So that, at that time, the concept of like smart contracts was super arbitrary, right? It just people didn't really understand. Uh, everybody was just thinking that, uh, yeah, not much really. They just thought it would be like Bitcoin, right? No so one, Yeah, no one
1: thought of much of into it. Yeah,
0: there was no DeFi. Uh, there was barely any like tokens on it yet. It was super cheap to, to interact with Ethereum at the time. It literally cost cents back then. Mm-hmm. Like it's like BSC today. It's crazy. Like it's so cheap. Um, and so I bought some uh, for two or three dollars at the time. Wow. nice. And then yeah, I, I, not a lot though, like two hundred dollars worth or so. But yeah, that was a lot then, right? <laughs> and um, yeah, so then with my like I don't know fifty or a hundred Ethereum's or so, I was like uh, I was barely monitoring it. So it's not like today where you like refresh your portfolio every day and we're like yeah, you know up down. It's like the market wasn't moving that fast then, right? So at some point, like two weeks later or so, I realized that, uh, I don't actually remember the time for it, but I realized that Ethereum was like $12. So I was like, whoa, you know, I like <laughs> quadrupled my money, right? So I sold it naturally as people do. Yeah. And uh, that was it, right? And then a couple of months later, or maybe a month or two later or so, the same friend asked me, so man, do you still have your Ethereum? I'm like, no, but I sold it. It made 4X, super nice. And then he told me it was $50. And I was like, what? Oh. <laughs> classic right so yeah, long story short right that's uh, that's when I rebought ethereum <laughs> and uh, Then I started really getting into it, right? And I really started to like uh, try to understand what we can do, right? Um, Start hanging out with like like like-minded people, and that's exactly when we when we met. Um, And I think at that point we yeah we started talking a lot, right? Mm -hmm. We we was I don't I don't even know what we were just like trading. We were
1: just chatting and speculating. I mean that was the whole market and just uh, us just oh what's gonna be the next one to pump? And I feel like. (laughs) It takes up I mean we me and you have been through a lot of burns over the years. You've lost some cash and it's just like that's when I really yeah. learned like I'm just going to hodl. Like I don't care anymore. I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to make yep. any more money. I don't care. I just want to hodl with what I have cuz at this point, like personally, I just truly believe in the cryptocurrency yeah. industry in the, in the cryptocurrency space That's it's going to change how the world works completely. And It's like you know I don't even care about dollar value anymore. I just want to have some crypto just to be part of the industry, part of the space, and learn from other people. Because now it's all about you know where the tech is taking us, and not I think there's less trade talk and more tech talk, in my opinion. Yeah, I
0: think there's it depends who you who you speak to, right? I think there's still a lot of people that trade on a daily basis. Um, of I, course, I see yeah. them, right? Um, and the thing with with like just buying and holding is that. It's an incredibly boring strategy, right? (laughs) And people don't like that. Even though I keep telling them. Whenever somebody talks to me and asks me, hey, can I buy some Bitcoin or whatever, right? And the story is always the same. Uh, They're always like, okay, how do I buy? Uh, Tell me when I can buy. And it's always like the same story. It's like, I have like 5,000, 10,000, $20,000 or whatever. Uh, Can I buy now? And I'm like, dude, don't, you know? Just like DCA, just buy. Like regularly set up Coinbase, set up Binance. It doesn't matter. There's so many tools now. There's even some DeFi tools. But of course, you know the people that ask me how to buy Bitcoin, you know they don't know what DeFi is. But um, it's 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 a very boring strategy, right? So it's really really hard to convince people. And though I do my best to convince people to just buy regularly don't trade but hold. it's it's greed it's... is like if it's not the most powerful then it certainly is among the most more powerful emotions right so mm-hmm. uh or desires more like
1: so it's one of the I, seven deadly yeah, sins yeah, <laughs>
0: yes like even i have a friend also in like in like germany now uh who yeah who, who's like asking me for like very small amounts right so uh he he doesn't want to be bothered with like coinbase or whatever so he's just like sending me some money and he's a good friend right so i don't mind doing that. Uh, but he's just sending me like some uh, some PayPal, and I sent him like some Ethereum, right? And uh, we're talking about like like fifty or hundred bucks at a time, right? Yeah. So like minor amounts, and um, and even this guy, right? So like one day he's buying Ethereum, uh, two weeks later he's buying some Bitcoin, you know, and then like after after three or four weeks he's he's starting. Showing me some screenshots of some shit coins, you know, it's like, Man, see if I would have bought this. Uh, That's the word. If I would have, if
1: I should have, could have, would have, of course, you could have, of course, you would have. It's everything is clear in hindsight, exactly, you
0: know, 2020. And yeah, but that's that's just such a like, I it's, I would, I would blame them for that if we wouldn't have made the same mistakes, right? We were in so many altcoins in 2016 and now 17 and 18 as well. I lost so many paper gains, right mm-hmm. just by not selling into ethereum bitcoin or even like dollar right uh that i have just learned that i i'm an extremely conservative investor now but the narrative is always the same every time i speak to somebody um and i tell them listen just by ethereum just by bitcoin same. they always tell me the same thing right they always tell me um yeah you can do that because you've already made money but for somebody that hasn't made money yet they cannot make money with ethereum and bitcoin that's the narrative right even now you see this right there's a reason that they're all like in nfts and altcoins right yep. and that that bitcoin is not rallying even though a lot of people come in right so um the narrative around bitcoin is even worse because they are like always talking about how how bitcoin is so slow and this is like the boomer crypto Why are you talking about boomer crypto crypto is 10 years old what are you talking <laughs> about man you know like you it's like, boomer crypto, man. It's like
1: dog years every year in crypto is like seven years
0: yeah <laughs> it's really nuts right but uh, luckily i do you know i i hope anyway that i go that i get through to these to these people that want to get into crypto and that i hopefully give them some some insights and some you know like i always remind them of the simple fact that ethereum was 80 dollars last year A-
1: Wow, last year, was it?
0: Jeez. Right, Last year, man, wow. during the COVID dip, right? you had like one or two days to buy Ethereum at that price between like $80 and $100. And now it is like, what, $3,500? Yeah, but you cannot make money with those mainstream coins anymore, right? It just isn't true. But people want to get rich quick, but, you know, get rich quick schemes, you know, how they end.
1: You know? Yeah, poorly for most people, don't fall into it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wow. Then, yeah, after all that what we started we started looking for you know positions in the crypto industry i remember when yeah. you talking i think you were developing some uh crypto portfolio manager yeah and that was pretty awesome and then i think you led into the next thing which was uh utrust yes. right so what were you doing yep. there
0: see like let's let's back up there because that might be something that your audience is actually interested in, right? Mm-hmm. So the reason I got into Utrust uh, or into working with Utrust was that um, I I didn't actually try, right? I didn't try to find a job in crypto, like a lot of people do now. A lot of people right now they are constantly asking me, "How can I find a job in crypto? I want to start in crypto, right? Like how how can I find a job here?" And I didn't try at the time at all. So what happened there was very simple. Um, the company, uh, Utrust, which is like the PayPal of crypto, highly recommend it, check it out. Um, they uh, they had a pre-sale for their uh, initial coin offering back in 2017, I want to say. I think it. I, I want to say it was sometime like in August, uh, August 17, something like that. And um, I was part of their pre-sale, so I participated. I bought like, I don't know, like $1,000 worth of the pre-sale or something like that. And then, naturally, to protect my investment, right, I was very active in their community. So back then, it was very common for projects to have uh, Slack channels, right? Today, it's more like Discord and Telegram, but back then, it was mainly Slack. And uh, I was just very active there. So what happened then is that a lot of people were asking questions, and because I was so active, I answered those questions before before the actual team could, right? And eventually they picked up on that. After like a week or two, uh, literally the CEO of this company um, DM'd me and said, Hey man, I, I wanted to say thank you. You know, I, I see how much you help out our moderators here. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, I wanted to ask you if you're available to work for us. And that came completely out of the blue, right? But the, the moral of the story is that if you really want to, to get involved with any crypto projects, then provide value to them right it is very very hard to find people that uh, that you can rely on right this is not only true for crypto but everywhere so if somebody sees that you are uh, in fact valuable right that you're trying to help them uh, that you're trying to answer questions that you maybe do something for them maybe you create some graphics for them for fun maybe you i don't know right there's so many ways to contribute meaningfully to a project um, mm-hmm. and if they are in fact looking uh, for for people that do what you offer they'll hire you no doubt because it's very hard to find them right so that is exactly what happened with you trust so then um they made me an offer uh, that they would hire me and uh, pay me for for do what i was doing already for free right so i was very happy about that um And that continued. And I think at some point, yeah, they started like a Telegram channel as well and like a Reddit. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that's when you got involved.
1: Yep. And that's when I got involved in trying to work with you on community management and some Reddit moderation, which I minorly do today. But yeah, it was was a really enjoyable experience because both of us were just into the crypto project. And I think that's a message for everyone. It's if you love a project, just, you know, be part of the community. Be contributing member to the community. You will be recognized. You will be seen, and someone will try to pick you up, especially when it's, when there is a need.
0: Yeah, that's it. Exactly, and yeah, I think then what happened is just very natural progression. Um, mm-hmm. We were just working for them, and at some point, it was a bit more complicated for you because yeah, you're not in Europe, yeah. uh, and you just uh, has, a, has a office in. Uh, in portugal so at some point the same person that dm me, um uh from utrust asked me if i wanted to come to the office which was like again totally out of the blue right it just you know goes to show that when you are valuable uh and you work that's important right so on the one hand you have to provide value but on the other hand you also need to work with a team that appreciates value which is not always the case right so yeah it is very easy to get exploited, right? Um, yeah, so you need to be a bit self aware about that, right? Yeah, work the, for a
1: legitimate company, mm, legitimate team, yeah, know your
0: value, right? Mm-hmm. Which is again, you know, there's so this happens so often, like literally a couple of days ago, uh, somebody from a telegram group that we're both in, by the way, uh, did DM me and said, Listen, um. I would like to work in crypto, but I don't know uh, what I, uh, you know, what I would charge or what I should charge, etc. Right. So um, yeah, I just gave them some tips, you know, because again, people, I think people naturally tend to more often than not uh, undervalue themselves, but occasionally also, also like overestimate how much they're doing. Right. So uh, it is very hard when you're younger uh, and you don't, you know, have that much experience as a contractor or. You know in you know any way of like measuring your time or your effort you know or your mm-hmm. contribution or value then it's very hard to like really measure what you can do so it will take it will take some practice you know maybe you get lucky maybe you get unlucky um but over time just uh, just always always keep grinding right like always try to see what others are doing try to educate yourself and if you if you think that somebody uh, isn't appreciating your value as much as as it should then move on right that's but fair. generally that's a good way you know to to get into crypto projects
1: and that's the thing like i mean everyone talks about proof of work in the crypto industry and that's exactly what you have to do as a person is show proof of work that you can actually do something in the crypto industry there's tons of job boards now that's that have crypto jobs and a lot of them are asking you when you apply they ask okay do you have any material that you can show us that you've done and in the beginning it's really hard because i didn't have anything either but i was just my only proof of work was here's my proof of messages and interaction with the community mm-hmm. and that I'm knowledgeable. So, you know, the first one's the hardest and you know keep growing from there. No, yep. yeah,
0: that's a good point because that's exactly what happened, right? So um after going to the office and getting a bit more involved uh with UTrust, I um I really just uh yeah, started working a lot closer with them. I got really close to mm-hmm. um yeah, to the CEO, who now is like one of my best friends, like literally like my my absolute like inner circle, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so this uh, this was just a very very good experience, right? Where you yeah you provided a lot of value, you learned a lot. I st- I still learn from that guy, right? Like it's just it's always good to learn from people. But even over the years, I'm still learning uh, from good. the same person. It's wholesome, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, very wholesome. And um, yeah, at some point, like uh, I I left Utrust and um, started working on, on some some other things. Um and yeah, then a couple of years later, maybe like two years later or so, we um we had like a talk and uh he wanted to do something but that he couldn't because he was uh, involved in UTrust and he didn't want to um yeah to to like sacrifice any of the time that he's you know putting into Utrust. Uh but he had this idea uh together with me where um where you would like have a, a crypto card, visa card, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Um
0: and you could, yeah, just, uh, it's 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 similar to Coinbase, right? Um, in, a, in a way that, you know, you had, like, an app where you could, like, exchange crypto and whatnot, and you could, like, borrow against it, which is something that Coinbase, of course, doesn't do. And, um, yeah, then again, you know, just, yeah, long story short, there's a crypto visa with some app, right? Um, so, I did this uh, with a bit of support from him and um, and some other people. So, that's that's, again, you know, like, where uh the connection from Utrust uh, or like the person that I met through Utrust came into play and just developed more. And then I learned a lot in this position and founding this company, which then, funnily enough, was later actually uh, acquired by Utrust, which is funny. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, so, you know, it's so like full circle. And then once again, after this, uh, after this was done and I learned a lot again, that was in 2018, right? And then it was acquired in 2019. Um, 2020. I don't remember exactly now. Um, and then in the year of COVID, right, 2020, um, we we slowly saw crypto come back to life. Right. Yep. and uh, very quickly with the power of uh, yeah what's what's now known as the defi of course and automated market makers that was just an incredible revolution so nobody was talking mm-hmm. about like nfts or something at that point even though they fully existed this technology everybody yep. thinks yep. nfts were just like you know but they're so they're like crypto kids yeah, they like, were nfts uh,
1: and just
0: they were th- they used the same standard man it's crazy so it's like really they've been around forever but because we are still in such a like Quickly maturing, yet still so like That's it, right. like an industry that it's complete in its complete infancy. Even mm-hmm. though it's been around like well, like twelve years now, ten like 10, 11 years something like yeah. that. Um, and it's a complete infancy, right? But um, yeah, it's developing so fast that people like tend to forget. You know what like what was crypto like a year or two ago? Which is every time you do this, like if you at every point in time, if you compare crypto today to like two or three years ago. Like phew, your head explodes because so much has happened, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah. So then yeah, go ahead, man.
1: No, I was saying it's yeah, it's definitely a huge change between yeah. every year. It seems like there's a new thing to rave about and try to get your money yeah. into. And
0: yeah, very much. Oh, it's like you know, like like for example, right? So then after after I took a break again. So usually I disappear in the bear markets, which. Uh, is something that a lot of people don't do right like they really they really do work uh, they build a huge network uh, of, of like yeah of like partners or just general like connections and whatnot during the bear market because that's really when the people are around that uh, that really care about the space right i really care about the space i still don't want to be around the bear market you know for one very like for one single reason right that people uh that people tend to ignore when the bear market is there right which is when when the bear market is there then you have a lot of time right there is it's literally just uh, yeah you, you build right you focus on like you know building what you are out to build or like I don't know there, there's generally speaking if you compare it, like the bear market to the bull market when, the, when there's bull market essentially you can work like 20 hours a day and you still think you're behind right mm-hmm. so there's just so much happening in such a short time frame that most people not me I make a point not not to be like that but most people just they sacrifice their sleep they sacrifice their health right they sacrifice everything because the the fear of missing out during the bear market is just so intense, right? That people are just yeah, they're just going crazy, right? Every business going crazy, every individual goes crazy, and it's getting worse and worse and worse until it pops, right? Yep. Uh, but then during the bear market, you finally have like sp- like time to breathe, right? And people tend to forget how the bull market was during the bear market, and then they just don't do it, right? They just uh, I don't know. They cry over their paper gains that they lost, or you know, they they do so much, but they they don't travel, right? They they don't spend some of the money they made. They they don't have fun in life, right? Instead, they are just looking forward to the next bull market, right? And I'm not like that at all. But yeah, that's that's why I'm like usually taking a break during the bear market because that's when, that's the time to do it, right? Like taking well, yeah. like. Yeah.
1: That too, but also the bear market is a great time to get yourself into like the latest yeah. projects, new projects, probably reinvest. I mean, classic Warren Buffett, right? You just buy when it's down and low and calm of and then course. wait for the bull to sell. Of course. But the bear market is so... Underrated and how much value value you can you can create for yourself.
0: Yeah, of course, because nobody likes to buy when mm-hmm. something just depreciated by fifty or sixty percent. Yeah, you know?
1: but that's the time to buy. But it. at the
0: same time, yeah. But at the same time, right? So even though I tell everybody to uh, DCA, like dollar cost average, all the time on a weekly basis without checking the price, etc. Personally, if I would use DCA, which which I don't, against my own advice. Um, but if I if I would DCA like all the time during the bull market, I wouldn't touch it during the bull market, but if if we're like in a confirmed bull market and things would like, like genuinely be corrected by like 40 or 50 or 60%, yeah, I would increase those weekly buys. <laughs> you know, I would increase them big time. I would funnel a lot more money into the space than than right now. Right now is such a risky time to get involved, not get involved in crypto, but to make big investments, right? Like to get involved in crypto is it's never a bad time. It was never a better time than like today, right? Um, but yeah, I would, I would take it easy with taking like big chunks of money and throwing them at crypto at this point in the cycle, you know, uh,
1: for sure. And yeah, I mean, it's just like, I mean, it's all also a learning experience. It takes, it like gets so easy for us to say it too, because we've also lived through it. And I have many yeah. friends who are looking at me like, oh, what about if I just, you know, buy it on the low and sell on the high? I'm like, you can't just do that. It's not that <laughs> easy. It's really hard. And I mean, I encourage yeah. them to like, all right, if you really think you can do it, Take a hundred bucks or whatever you're willing to lose and test it out. Test your theory. Yeah. Never works because it just, you, it's, it's too hard to time. It's, that's why yeah. I'm a h- 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 hodler.
0: <laughs> Even if it would work the first time, they would lose all their money on the second time.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah. So it's like, it just doesn't work like that.
1: There's only a handful of people yeah. that just rave on Twitter saying how much they've made so quickly on some yeah. coin. I'm like, don't listen to those people no
0: those are usually the same people that make calls every day five times and then delete the ones that didn't work so it looks like they're (laughs) always right right um but yeah i mean you know there's so much that we could talk about when it comes to like crypto particularly for newbies right it's just there's Mm -hmm. so much but um, yeah, yeah i mean really like yeah the best thing is just to get involved with the as you say as much as you're willing to lose with that said i just recently got a friend uh, of mine here in dubai uh, involved in crypto and he was always telling me uh yeah you know he had like a like a, like a few thousand euros so like you know whatever how many dollars and um he was like yeah just you know just can i can i get in now can i get in now i i don't care about the money and i'm like listen you're investing so much money you are so what you're experiencing is formal, you know. If you really truly do lose 50% of this money, you would kick yourself, you know. And so now we started buying on a weekly basis, and nice. you know, it's like, yeah, so that's that's better. You know?
1: Now, I guess for you, is it are you at a time where is trading? I mean, obviously, trading is still important. For you and everybody it's just something you want to do to make money but right now what are you really focusing on in the crypto industry how are you spending your day to day
0: sure so moving on from that story earlier when i uh from the from this like visa and crypto um when the market picked up again last year um, i started trading got involved into DeFi, really educating myself on what has changed like what was the delta between me leaving and like me entering again right and that was a lot (laughs) as expected um and it took me uh, like like maybe like a week or two, you know, to really get familiar with, you know, what is the, what is Uniswap, you know, what, uh, what is the, what are liquidity provider tokens and all this. Yield a, farming. <laughs> yeah, that was crazy at the time, but I was so profitable too. Um, but then after like two months or so, um, I once again talked uh, to a friend of mine uh, who, um, it's good to have friends in crypto, right? Like, <laughs> let me just get this out. Um, so, particularly people that have companies in crypto and whatnot, right? Because they know a lot of people. So, uh, I then talked to uh, one of my buddies, and he was like, um, he is uh, in touch with uh, with the people at I don't know if you if you heard about it. Um, there is a there is a company in crypto that is very similar to Kickstarter in the traditional world. Uh, they call PolkaStarter. Mm-hmm. So they're they are taking these ideas from tomorrow and they, they help them raise money, like Kickstarter essentially, but for crypto. And um, I really liked this project. I was actually following this project for a while. And then this buddy was like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know the CEO. Do you want me to arrange a call? And I was like, are you, are you kidding me? And of course I want you to arrange a call, right? Um, and so I just jumped on a call with uh, that with company at some point, And they interviewed me. They liked me and a week later so i started working for them nice. you know and that is what i do now right so they are as i said they are a crypto fundraising company essentially right where uh people conduct things that are called idos uh, initial decentralized offering so you know while i say they are like kickstarter it's it's it's, it's just the concept is the same but yep. they are firmly decentralized so uh, there you know you don't need to sign up or anything. You can literally just go on the website with any like web three wallet like Metamask and mm-hmm. uh, participate in these uh, initial decentralized offerings, right, and get access to these ideas of tomorrow uh, today. <laughs> and um, I started there as a market analyst. So this company uh, prides itself, so starter prides itself with uh, essentially vetting companies. So not everybody can raise funds on on Pokastar, or similar. Uh, very yes. similarly to kickstarter so they're very there are very few like very highly vetted projects that get to raise funds on podcast okay. and i was one of the people um, that actually vetted those companies right so uh, it involved a lot of like calls and just due diligence on projects no. like really going deep into like tokenomics and understanding what their marketing plan is what their team is like getting a really good like there are so many like data points that we try to collect, that, um, and I did that for a few months, like three months, I think. And then uh, we, uh, the company, essentially decided that we would like to have uh, a product guy that really focuses on, you know, like tries to tries to understand what the market wants, and then um, coordinates with tech and the leadership team to, yeah, to, to combine essentially what were technically feasible. Um, for and what you know like our our executives and leadership wants to do right um and so i became their uh, chief product officer cpo mm-hmm. and that has been three months now so on a daily basis really what's happening is uh, focusing the market focusing on the market trying to understand not not on like project like prices or market movements or something like that more like identifying trends um understanding what uh, what works in the market, right? Maybe analyzing some new ideas that are out there. Like, for example, right now, of course, there are uh, NFTs are extremely hot, right? So um, we are now actually just planning a big launch, like a V2 PokerStarter launch, which is going to introduce so many features. But uh, yeah, basically, that's what I do, right? Like really focus on the product, uh, listening to users, uh, coordinating with our tech, uh, our leadership team, and making sure that Polkestarter is the best it can be.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no one better than you for that position. So I'm glad of you. <laughs> Thanks. I it. And yeah, man, I mean, it's pretty amazing. Like all these new companies are coming up, especially Polkastarter is yeah. a pretty big one and how they're all contributing differently to the DeFi and crypto space. And I think as more and more is happening, it's starting to like really click for some people like, oh, wow, this is, the world's changing. Before it was just, oh, we're changing money. And then we're changing, it's like, Legal contracts, and now we're changing yeah. how people just experience almost any interaction through yeah. the blockchain, through crypto. And, it, and right now, it's really a race between who's gonna do it—you know, first mover, doing it properly, yeah. and having a strong uptime. Like we just recently, there was the outage um, with Solana and Arbitrum, and that's a. Yep. I mean, some people take that as like a bad hit where you can't recover from. But I think you can recover yep. from those things. It's a learning experience. Cryptocurrency is all programmed by human beings and human beings can make mistakes. It's not some it is a shadowy super coder, but it's a human being who is doing the coding. And yeah. it just like goes to show like we need more people in the space contributing, trying and helping out rather than just yeah. discussing trade tactics. Definitely.
0: man. Um, I think, you know, to quickly go into these down times, right? I think there, there's a lot of things that can be said about this, right? Like, um, whenever something like this happens, uh, I mean, I have a strong opinion on this, right? But, uh, you know, it's not my it's not the place, you know, but uh, whenever something like this happens, people try to defend their positions, right? Mm-hmm. If they, when this happened, went short, for example, they will just try to destroy Solana, right? The other mm-hmm. and they never recover from this, right? They are like this is this garbage. It's centralized, you know. This is over. And then on the other hand, you have people that hold Solana, and they just say the opposite, right? They say, "Wow, Solana is so strong. Mm-hmm. It collapsed under like four hundred thousand transactions per second. You know, all of the, b- both of these statements are wrong. Right, and uh, I think in the end uh, it's 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 a bit of a timing thing, so in their cases, I absolutely think they'll they' will recover because we're still in a bull market, right and I think if this would have happened three years ago uh during like a firm bear market, I think they they could be dead now, right but um uh, they they're not right, and they're also what people forget is that both of these have like so much backing right, so it really depends on who like who does it happen to. Right? Like it, Solana is enormous backing from FTX and whatnot. Um, and are Man, they have so much backing mm-hmm. <laughs> from, from the entire world of Ethereum. So yeah, both of them will survive, of course. Right. Um, still, it's not ideal. But yeah, of course, you know, humans make mistakes and uh, we will learn. And again, like if you, if you look at all this uh, in this like two or three year time span that we were talking about earlier, nobody's even going to remember that
1: this ever happened. Exactly. It's uh, it moves too quick. People are going to forget and yeah just how just how this industry is, so um mm-hmm. would you say cryptocurrency has changed your life, the whole industry? did you ever even expect to even go this like when you first heard about Bitcoin? did you even think this is going to be my world um
0: I think that would be the understatement of the century man uh, i think i I have absolutely no idea what I would be doing in life without crypto <laughs> um I was a web developer at the time. I haven't developed anything for the last five years. So I got like pretty much burned out I think. Um, and I was burned out for a long time when I stopped too, right? Mm-hmm. So crypto came just back into my life at the very right moment, right? So um, when this conversation from earlier, like when, when my body was like, when I was buying uh, Ethereum at like two or three or $4, I don't remember exactly, and then later, when my buddy was talking about it again and asked, they told me it's like fifty dollars. I was already like done with developing at that time, but at the same time, I was uh, one of the lead developers in a, in a company in London. So um, at that time, it's just the this like bull market of like 2016, 17, It's man, it was it was it was my exit ticket. You know, it was just so perfectly timed that uh, you had to take yeah. it, and then yeah. Exactly, man. There was just, uh, here was my golden ticket, man. It, Yeah, I, I honestly don't know where I would be today because I was already unhappy with what I was doing, right? And I'm sure I would have figured it out, but I sure wouldn't have made the <laughs> games that that crypto had provided me, you know?
1: So now that you've been in the crypto industry for so long, I have to know, what is your crypto pet peeve? Right now? In general, now, <laughs> NFTs, whenever. Man. NFTs?
0: No, right now, it's, it's, okay. So I say NFTs. But it is, um, NFTs is just the current one. And it's always the same reason. It's the lack of innovation. And that is always a very short-term annoyance to me because there is absolutely no shortage of innovation in crypto on a macro level, right? So Mm -hmm. if you look at crypto... On a year as we just said again and again right if you look at it in like a year two year three year time span it just keeps reinventing itself which is insane but on a day-to-day week-to-week or month-to-month level it is sometimes so difficult to see the good you know <laughs> like nfts is just the latest craze right it's uh, i just wrote about it like this morning um, they started with something quote unquote decent like CryptoPunks, for example right yeah. I don't agree with crypto punks. I, I don't know why people buy them, but fine. At least they were original, right? Um, but then what happened now is that people literally on TikTok. I I watch way too many TikToks. I, I don't
1: have my that it, thankfully. Me.
0: Yeah, don't, 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 don't. Donald. It's <laughs> huge. It's a huge like time pit of your life. Don't do it, man. It's fun though. Um, but my, my TikTok algorithm uh, knows me very well. So I see a lot of crypto content. And um, I literally on a daily basis, I see people explain how to do NFTs, how to make a lot of money with NFTs, creating NFTs, not only buying and selling, but creating NFTs, right? Like now you have this craze of just uh, like uh, painting or like drawing a few sprites and then using a software to generate, like you paint, like if you look at these current, I call them like profile picture NFTs, right? Like Mm -hmm. PFP, um, where you just have like a head, and like different accessories, you know, whatever, a different dress. And like like sometimes there's a cigarette Sin- in the mouth. Yeah, and, sunglasses you know, stuff like that. and such. Exactly. So they just, they just paint all of these or like draw all of these individual sprites, which might be a couple hundred. You can literally go to Fiverr and do this for a couple hundred bucks. And then you use a software to generate 10,000 unique NFTs based on those sprites with like just random combinations of them, right? And then you sell them and that's that is what's happening right now right so it's like complete garbage in my opinion it's like it's
1: yeah it's the and ones then
0: every year
1: it's the ones that but, have like some type of enhancement of like where you can have like a different utility of like maybe joining group chats or having access to something or yeah like the ones i like a lot are the trading card games like that makes yeah sense. actual like, games yeah. that makes sense Exactly. but yeah just having yeah Profile pics is kind of like, okay.
0: Yeah. But, you know, like even like, because the the general, the general, like, you know, in the space, they always, they always talk about JPEGs, right? Like JPEGs, even though I disagree with the valuation of current quote unquote JPEGs, I understand that they're collectors, right? Mm-hmm. So if I have a real artist that painted something like this guy in the UK recently, who said uh, he designed or he just painted a lot of like paintings. And now you can make a decision. If you buy one, you can either get the original or the NFT. If you take the NFT, he will destroy the original or vice versa,
1: right? Oh wow.
0: So, you know, like I kinda get this. Uh, I'm not a I'm not a I'm not like a like an art guy. I, I don't have like paintings. Maybe one day, you know, but I don't I'm not I'm not in that space, but I understand the space exists, right? And it has existed for a very long time. So this I understand, but I try to understand. But um, (laughs) what I don't understand is these like uh, auto-generated composite NFTs, right? Uh, They just make no sense. Um, And the thing is that they are just clones and clones of clones, right? And that is why I say that my pet peeve is always right now it's NFTs. But before it was NFTs, it was just projects cloning other projects, doing minor iterations, like changing the name. Changing like the fee sense. on transfer, stuff mm-hmm. like that, right? So it's always copies of copies of copies of copies for a while. And then there's a new trend and the thing resets and it happens again, right? So this is my pet peeve. But this is like, this is how innovation works, I suppose, right? You just have people experimenting uh, fast. But yeah, it's like it always ends up in wow, there's a new trend. This is amazing. Let's make a lot of money. Wow, there's a lot of clones and wow, there's a lot of clones of clones. <laughs> wow, this trend is dead next right so that's
1: and we're gonna see a lot yes. more of that for sure i'm sure
0: yeah i wonder <laughs> what the
1: games games is
0: the next thing right like now games it's extremely hot right there's like uh, play to games earn, and, um,
1: and uh renting out digital space in a virtual world
0: oh yeah land land sales virtual and land. games both of which happening on poker starter right now uh-uh. <laughs> <to this thing. laughs> but yeah so, right we are always on top of those trends and as you say right, it's like land sales and games are like super huge right now so what you can expect is that a lot of uh, land sales will be copied, cloned, 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 right? A lot of yep. things happen with the games. People will clone games, clones of clones, <laughs> and then the trend dies. Next,
1: right? extra so, yeah, market. It's,
0: yeah, it's like, you know, but it is really like that. It's just people, they just, you know, somebody plants a lemon tree. The lemon tree has extremely juicy lemons. <laughs> so everybody starts planting lemon trees, right? And that's exactly crypto, man, until there's an the next trend. And, yeah, it's a never ending story It's cool.
1: <laughs> so to end it off, um, what made you smile the most recently? Give you what uh I mean? ear to ear smile. You just like it could be anything not crypto related, just like maybe you saw a puppy yeah. and you got super excited. So
0: no, <laughs> no, I, I bought an apartment in Dubai um, with crypto, I might add, right? So I was very happy about this because it, it took me a very long time to, to get not only to the crypto gains that I've made today, but also, and that is very, very important, taking profit. Right? It is like greed is, again, I say that again and again, but greed is such a strong desire that people just never cash out, right? They, I mean, it, like for me, it's easy to say because previously I lived in Portugal where there are no crypto taxes. Now I live in Dubai where there's no taxes at all, right? So it's easier, you know, for me than, than for others, you know, naturally. But um, but taking profits off the table, particularly when your entire, profit, I literally know people that, that from last year or like from like, like two years ago, that turned a couple thousand dollars, like five thousand or so into millions in this cycle right? And they wow. still don't take major profits, right? And that Jeez. is just such a dangerous game because when the cycle is over, these paper gains are going to disappear. I had to learn that. I think you learned that too, Rudy. Um, and so when I when I did take this money out and I bought an actual apartment with it, I was very happy about this. Good. Right? Yeah, because your hard work paid is, off. Yeah, this apartment nobody can take from me. Bear market, I don't care. I don't pay rent, you know? So <laughs> it's... Uh, Yeah, this was this was a big deal.
1: Congratulations, man, and thank you so much for spending time with your with me here today. And yeah, it's always great talking to you and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, everybody else. Thanks. See ya.
0: Thank you very much. Bye bye.